Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Welcome to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our faith gets fed, our spirit grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Praise God. And that's God's will for us. His will is not that we struggle and struggle through life, not that we be confused or that we be defeated, but that we be victorious. Faith pleases Him, and faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So we have saved you a seat right here on the front row. So get your Bible, get something to take notes with, come right on into the class and join us. And let's pray today and release our faith only He knows exactly what we need and exactly how to say it to us so that we get it. You know, sometimes people think, well, I, you know, I didn't do that well in school and I don't, I don't consider myself to be that smart, so it's, it's hard for me to get things. No, no, you underestimate your teacher. <laughs> the teacher we have knows exactly how to get it across to you, to me. He speaks your language and he knows exactly the illustrations and the phrases and the right word to use at the right time. So no, he makes it easy to get if you pay attention, if you'll give him your focus and open your heart to receive. So let's do that right now. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us together here in the faith school and everybody joining us, watching from many places, we ask you for utterance, for the anointing, for the, the, your spirit, teaching us and helping us, giving us answers and giving us direction and help. Uh, do what only you can do, ministering to all of us individually at the same time uh, exactly what we need. And we purpose not to be hearers only nor forgetful hearers, but we will be, with your help, doers. We'll act on it, put it into practice, and as surely as we do, You'll watch over it and perform it, and that'll result in miraculous things happening in our life. And we, in advance, we give you the glory for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, if you would turn in the textbook, the Bible, to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Hebrews 10 and verse 35. If you haven't been with us, we have been on the subject of faith, and we've talked about why faith, and we talked about what faith is, and we've talked about how faith comes, and these are really important things to learn and know, and if you missed those lessons, go back and get them. They're available to you, and they won't cost you anything, and uh, it's helpful because we're building on each week things we've learned, then we build on that to go to the next week. And uh, one of the things that we learned in Hebrews, well, in fact, let's just, let's do it this way. Hebrews 11.1 1 is the definition of faith in the scriptures here. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That describes you know, that's a definition of what faith is from God. The uh, Young's literal translation says it like this. It says, faith is of things hoped for, 
a confidence. It is of matters not seen, a conviction. And so here two words are used, confidence and conviction, to describe faith. Another word is the word persuasion. Another word is the word assurance. The Bible said Abraham uh, was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he's able also to perform. So think of those words together. Uh, He's fully persuaded. You could say he's fully assured. You could say he's convinced. You could say he's confident that what God had said, he's able, well able to perform. So understanding that confidence is a word that is used interchangeably with uh, faith. If you back up in the 10th chapter where we mentioned earlier of Hebrews into the 35th verse, you'll see that he was already talking about that when uh, faith was defined. Hebrews 10 and 35 starts by saying this, Cast not away, therefore, your what? Confidence. Confidence, which has great recompense of reward. This was not written in chapter and verse. So there is not this big break between chapter 10 and chapter 11. 11, 1, now faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a continuation of this passage, and he was talking about confidence. And he admonished them, the Spirit of God, them and us, don't cast away, you could sit like this, don't throw away, don't turn loose of your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Now, uh, if you skip down to 11.6, just a few verses later, and again, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. Chapters and verse, verses were given to help for reference and to help find things. But this was all written together, one flowing uh, revelation. Verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, that God's real, that He exists, that He's God. And you also must believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You see how these thoughts are flowing together from verse 35 all the way to 11.6. He was talking about don't cast away your confidence. It has a great recompense of reward. And then a few verses later is when he says, without faith it's impossible to please God. you got to believe, among other things, that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So there are obviously wonderful benefits called reward of those who trust God. In other words, you can say it like this, does it pay to walk by faith? Does it pay? Does does God reward those who trust Him and who walk and live by faith? Yes, there is, in fact, back up to chapter 10, verse 35, there is... uh, great recompense of reward. And the Lord doesn't exaggerate. If He says it's not just a reward, it's a great recompense 
of reward. And if you've truly walked by faith any length of time, and I know Phyllis, my wife, and myself, uh, we've been walking by faith now for uh, almost 40 years. And um, uh, looking back and seeing where God brought you from and how f- ignorant you were and, and uh, you know, how little resources you had all the way to today. For instance, I'm preaching to you right now. Hallelujah. And it takes a lot of resources to do that. And he had to put a lot in us to even have something to preach. I call that great reward. Yes. And he'll do the very same thing for you. He has a plan for every one of us that far exceeds our greatest thoughts and dreams and aspirations, but we'll only access it by this wonderful thing called faith. And another, another way it's described is confidence. Confidence. In fact, uh, back up to the third chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse uh, 6. Hebrews 3 and 6, it says, uh, Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope or expectation firm unto the end. He admonishes us not just to begin in confidence, but just like we read again in chapter 10, verse 35, Hold on to your confidence. If you skip over just a a few pages to the, uh, um, that was chapter, excuse me, chapter 3 and 6, same chapter, right here in verse uh, 14, Hebrews 3.14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. And an interesting thought for those of you that look up the words, and you should sometime. This word confidence here is the exact same word that's translated substance in Hebrews 11.1, where it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. That same Greek word is translated here. Confidence, confidence, which is why Young's Literal and other translations translated it that way to say now faith is the confidence of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things not seen. But he says here in verse 14, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now, he goes on to describe here, and we may read it uh, again today or later in the week, look at it some more, but he talks about Abraham and about how Abraham, who is obviously a a father of faith, how that he inherited uh, the blessings and promises of God through faith and patience. And we see that's what he's saying here. We are made partakers if we hold on to the beginning of our confidence. You know, it's not enough to just get excited about something that you read in the Bible or something that God quickened to you or you heard 
in a good uh, service or good sermon or message. Get excited for a little while and uh, expect some things to happen for a little while and then get weary and get tired and quit. You get the same results as if you hadn't started believing God at all. You, you can't just believe God and try it for a little while and then give up and quit. You've got to hold the beginning of that confidence, the beginning of that excitement steadfast to the end, which is why our faith needs to be fed on a regular basis. It's why we saved you this seat here at Faith School. It's why you need to read your chapter every day. That's why you need to be in a good church where you are getting fed not just political viewpoints, not just popular opinion, not just somebody's theory or idea, but nourished up in the, in the words of faith, anointed words that feed your spirit. Why? Because it's difficult to maintain that initial excitement of receiving if you're not fed. In fact, you'll get weaker and weaker and you'll get more and more discouraged until you will cast away your confidence. You'll just let it go. And you'll say, well, I don't know. I, I thought that was right. I, I felt like God heard me. Um, I thought that was going to work, but I guess not. And so it, it can seem that uh, the lack of results confirms what you think about it, but the thing is, if you had held on to your confidence, if you had held on to how you started, you would have had a completely different outcome. Uh, say it out loud, let us, let us hold, the hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast, steadfast to, the end. to the end. Now that's just another way of saying, stay in faith. Stay in, remember this word confidence is used interchangeably with the word faith. Faith is the confidence of things expected. It is the conviction or evidence of things not seen. So faith, uh, one of the big characteristics of faith is that it is confident. Now, another way I can say this, and, and I think maybe this will, this will help drive it home for us even better. What does it mean to be confident? One uh, way you can say it is being sure. If I'm confident about something, then I am convinced, I am assured, I am persuaded, I'm sure. I'm sure. And the enemy of faith, one of the big enemies of faith is this uncertainty. If the enemy can get in your or my thinking a question mark about this, well, is it or is it not? You know, could it be or maybe it is, maybe it's not, maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not God's will, maybe that's what he meant. Maybe it's not what he meant. And this is the dreaded place of wavering. And the scripture warns us that if we waver, we won't receive. In fact, let's turn there right now and look at it. You're, you're close by, but go to James 
and uh, look in the first chapter and let's read it again and see what he said about that in James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not and it shall be given him. You know, every time I read this, it, it comforts me and blesses me. Why would the Lord upbraid you if you asked for wisdom? <laughs> Why well, would need to say that? Because you ever heard somebody say, well, I know this is a dumb question, but, <laughs> and sometimes people are afraid to ask the question because they're going to think, everybody's going to look at me and think, they don't know that. Everybody knows that. Well, it's not true. And the Lord won't treat you like a dummy. Does that comfort you too? Yes. He, he will just, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He won't treat you like a dummy. He won't, you, you won't ask him, say, Lord, I, I could use some wisdom on that. I'm asking you for some wisdom. He won't say, what? You don't know that? You're such a dummy. No, he won't upbraid you. He will just do what? Give it to you and give you some extra. Give you liberally wisdom, and it'll be given him. Now, this is all wonderful, but you don't need to stop here because he cautions, cautions us in the very next verse, verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Now, what's another word we could use right there from what our studies are today? Let him ask in confidence or let him ask confidently. Confidently, in faith, nothing wavering. Because for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Next verse. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Well, now this is serious. This is how we ask, whether we ask confidently or waveringly, determines whether we receive or whether we don't. This is no small thing. And the very next verse says it again, uh, describes it again, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So this, uh, this thing of wondering, wavering, I guess so, I hope so, I think so, maybe so, maybe not, doesn't work when it comes to receiving things from God. We have to search the scriptures. We have to seek God until we get the thing settled, till we get it settled. And we're no longer asking questions, maybe so, maybe not, and we can ask in faith. Now let's back up verse uh, 5 again. Here in James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So can you see the prerequisite here for being able to successfully receive wisdom from God? And the great thing about what we're studying here, if it'll work for wisdom, it'll work for all kinds of things. The principle works the same way. Basically anything we need or desire from the Lord. This is just talking about wisdom here. If I lack wisdom, It'd be the same thing if I lacked healing 
our strength, if I lacked peace, if I lacked money and provision for my life, if, if you lack something, ask of God. And he won't upbraid you. He'll give it to you liberally. It'll be given. Verse uh, 6, the next verse. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Wavering about what? About what? What would you be wavering about? Well, it, it would come back to whether it's God's will for me to have the wisdom or not. If the enemy can introduce in my thinking some idea of questioning, well, maybe, maybe God will get more glory out of me not knowing, out of me fumbling through. Maybe somehow or another this is his plan. If there's any thought of that, you can't be in faith asking for the wisdom. And he goes on to say, uh, if, if you don't ask in faith, don't let that man think he'll receive. And see here he broadened, shows he's talking about more than just wisdom, anything. So not only could we get wisdom, we could get anything. But if we don't ask in faith, you won't receive, not only you won't receive wisdom, you won't receive anything. Well, I'm not interested in not receiving. I'm interested in receiving. But we need to know how to keep from not receiving. And what, tell me what the culprit is here. What would keep us back up to verse 6 again? Verse 6, what, what keeps you from receiving? Wavering. Wavering. We might, today's vernacular, we might call it waffling. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, he says, uh, the scripture says, it makes you unstable in all your ways. That is one of the most frustrating, one of the most tormenting things in life is not knowing, not being sure. And you will hear so many people, when it comes to God, act like that His will is unknowable. And you hear people say all kinds of phrases like, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Well, I don't know if people, I, well, I, I do know they're not thinking through what they're saying, but if you said that about me, is that a compliment? No. If you say, well, what about Brother Keith? Well, you just never know what Brother Keith's going to do. Yeah, but what if he, if he said he was going to come and going to help work on this project? He was going to give money to help support it. And, and he, said, he said that, and several people heard him. So what about it? They said, well, I know he said it, but you just never know what Brother Keith's going to That's an insult. That's a big insult. You're saying... I may keep my word. I may not keep my word. I may be honorable about it. I may be dishonorable. I may remember. I may completely forget. Is God forgetful? No, he is not. Is he faithful to do what he said he would do? Then if he said he would do something, we should never say, you never know what God's going to do. If he said he's gonna, he would do something in his word, you can count on him to do that. And if we believe it, it eliminates wavering. It eliminates 
the second guessing. It eliminates the vacillation. You know, there was a showdown in the Old Testament during uh, the prophet Elijah's time. And so many of the people, uh, God's people, had left him and were worshiping a false god named Baal. And uh, it was terrible. So much of the country had backslid. And uh, the Lord sent the prophet out and he challenged the people and he said, if uh, God is God, then worship him. If Baal is Baal, then worship him. How long halt you between two opinions? In other words, make up your mind. Right? Make up your mind. Is God God or is Baal God? Is God right or is all this other stuff right? Because conflicting, contradicting things like that, both cannot be right. And sometimes people are so concerned, you know, uh, about offending somebody or upsetting somebody and they want to be uh, socially acceptable and politically correct and so they want to embrace everybody's opinion. And it just doesn't work that way. You've got truth and you've got what is not truth. You've got right and you've got wrong. You've got good and you've got evil and to, to, to get things from God, you've got to agree with Him 100%. If he says this is the way it is, then you've got to say, well, it might be that way. It might not be another. You won't receive anything. If you uh, will agree with him, and that's one of the uh, definitions of the word confession. It, is, it means literally saying the same thing. And if the Lord says he has washed us from our sins, then we need to say he has washed us from our sins. If he says, I've made you a new creation in Christ Jesus, we need to say, he's made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. If he says, I've made you righteous and holy, that's where you lose a lot of people, but you need to agree with him and say, he's made me righteous and holy. Then you got to quit saying, I'm just a dirty old sinner. Hope may be saved by grace. I hope. We'll see when I get to heaven. Maybe they'll let me in. No, no, no. If you're saved by faith, you got to stop this waffling and wavering and maybe so, hope so. No, you got to come back to I know in whom I've believed and I'm persuaded about what he has said. Hallelujah. Like Abraham, fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able to perform. Well, we're out of time again today. That's it for today's class. Let's say it again like we do. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time.